Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast as we look back on another weekend of impressive form from Neil Lennon's side. Now 13 points clear at the top of the Premiership. And we also look forward to the Glasgow Derby this weekend. Celtic with a full week to prepare for what is always a very important fixture. I'm delighted to be joined in this podcast by my Celtic View colleagues. Tony Conley, Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, good to be here. We're looking for some words of wisdom from you. And fresh from his commentary debut on Celtic TV at the weekend, Joe Donnelly, part of that Donnelly duo of the commentary team that brought us that five uh, goal thriller. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And uh, before we ask you how you got on and how you enjoyed that uh, commentary debut at the weekend and that victory over St Mirren, now's the opportunity for everybody to to get a listen because we're going to just look back on that weekend and we're going to hear from the hat-trick hero. But before that, we're going to hear how he sealed his treble against St Mirren. Callum McGregor now confident on the ball. Finds James Forrest. Next the ball inside towards Christie, leaves it for Lee Griffiths, Lee Griffiths has a shot! It takes a slight deflection on his way to goal, but another brilliant finish from the striker. A well-deserved hat-trick, and Celtic are flying. Hat-trick hero Lee, finishing of the highest quality, enjoy yourself this afternoon. Yeah, of course, it's always nice to get on the score sheet, but it makes it extra special when you get three. Um, you know, Samina came in and made it difficult for us, but you know, as soon as we got the first goal, we, we wore them down and you know, we were relentless in the second half. was John Ledworth speaking to Lee Griffiths post-match. Joe had mentioned, obviously, you were high in the gantry in the main stand at the weekend. Um, we just heard your, your, your goal celebration there for the third goal. Obviously, how did you enjoy the experience of commentating? But also, what's it like when you have to sit and, and listen to yourself back? Because I know it, from my own experience, it, it's quite a strange thing at first when you, when you, when you hear yourself and think, do I really sound like that? Yeah, cringeworthy. <laughs> and I think I've, um, I've done Lee Griffiths a disservice because after watching his third goal back, I'm not actually sure if it took a deflection on the way in. That can um, Maybe you need to watch that back yourself and you can tell me if I got it right or wrong. Um, nevertheless, it was a, a fantastic game for Celtic and for Lee Griffiths. Three brilliant goals, three well-worked goals. And yeah, for a commented debut, easy for me to say, Um yeah, it doesn't come much better. There was no controversial decisions in Celtic where they were pretty relentless, which I feel like we've said lots this side of the year. Tony, you know, Lee Griffiths, easy for me to say, 11 goals for this season, uh, that hat-trick at the weekend. And I think everybody is just delighted to see him back contributing. And, and you know, the manager said, particularly that third goal, we just heard Joe's commentary, it was kind of trademark Lee Griffiths, the shot from the edge of the box. But I thought each of the goals at the weekend in different ways, really great finishes, a real striker's instinct, which we've come to expect from him. Yeah, the the manager said after the game that he's beginning to look uh, like his, his old self, with a wee caveat as well of, of saying he knows there's there's more to, to come from him, so that's only exciting, especially there's still time left in the season and he seems to be improving with every game, but each of the goals, I thought, just showed a different side to his game. That first one, it's sort of striker's instincts just to get on the end of Edwards' cross. Second one, great link-up play with, with Rogic, great footwork. And then the third one, yeah, that's just that's the epitome of Lee Griffiths. That's what he does best, that left foot when he's given just a, a little bit of time and space in the edge of the box. He just seems to always drill it in the bottom corner. So, I three three brilliant goals. I'd be really pleased with them and it's really exciting to see him hit that form at this point in the season. 
I mean, I was just checking the stats after the, the game. So that's, I think that's 89 league goals this season, which is phenomenal. But then when you look, that's Lee Griffiths and 11 goals. Odson Edwards' goal, that takes him up to 28. So he's certainly going to get past the 30 mark. Ryan Christie's one away from 20. James Forrest is in 16. Callum McGregor scored his 13th at the weekend. That's his best ever tally for the season. He'll probably add to that as well. So there's goals throughout this team, which I think augurs well for the, the, the last few games of the campaign. Yeah, I mean, you were saying um, just before we, we come on earlier, Paul, that's 115 for Lee Griffiths. And I think if he gets to 118, that takes him inside the top 20 scorers of all time at this club. Is that right? Well, I actually, I've, I've printed out the, the list. So he's at the moment, he's gone up to 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's just one, uh, two behind Bobby Collins. Mm-hmm. So, as you say, if he gets three more goals, he's into the top 20. He has to score another 30 to get into the top 10, which again is eminently possible because if, you, if you've got him fit for the whole season, but you know he's in, in pretty esteemed company. Yeah, and like we said, I think I spoke to him for the matchday programme, I think it was two weeks ago, so many games, I, I can't remember, I need to double check, but he said that there were seven goals at the time before he entered the top 20 and he was hoping that he could, he could reach that before the end of the season. He thought it was possible and then of course he scored one and then he scored a hat-trick. All of a sudden he's within reach now with a really big game coming up on Sunday, which he said he loves to play in, born to play in, I believe he said, after the St Marin game on Saturday. That would be a perfect time to take himself into the top 20. Absolutely. Well, if he gets another hat-trick, he'll be, he'll be a hero forever. But I always think it's funny, Tony. I always love the fact that, that goal scorers, you know, obviously, ultimately, it's about the team. And he passed John Hartson's tally not that long ago. And John Hartson was very similar in terms of he was always very aware of his goals tally and where he stood within the kind of history of the club. And Lee Griffiths obviously saying that to Joe about how he knew where he was in relation to the top 20. And it's obviously a personal target. It's a real achievement for him, so he's obviously going to be going for it. I think so, yeah. It it does sometimes surprise you when you're speaking to the players how clued up they are on on their stats. But then when you think about it, it shouldn't really. They're just like, they're competitive animals in every single way that they can be. They're competitive. They'll they'll admit to to that themselves when they come in off the the training pitch. They'll kind of look at each other's stats and, you know, try and better each other with with who's ran the fastest, who's run the the, the furthest distance. So it's no surprise that they know where their stats are. And that's what you need in a a team like Celtic. You're going to have to be relentlessly competitive if you're going to get in the team, if you're going to perform and thrive. So you're going to be looking to those numbers and wanting to to hit them. I know some of the players like to to keep certain targets to themselves. I don't know how many times I've asked Ryan Christie this season what are you what are you aiming for, but um, he he won't let us. So I just need to wait to the end of the season, ask him to see if he, if he's hit it. But yeah, like you said, there's goals coming from from all over the pitch, and that just speaks to the way that. Neil Lennon and his coaching staff have, have set this team up to, to play. It's brilliant that we're not overly reliant on, on one person. It's exactly the kind of football you want to see as a Celtic fan. No, eight, eight, eight league games to go, so we'll certainly get a century of league goals this season. And uh, as, as we're already alluding to, we're hoping that Telly Griffiths gets a hat-trick this Sunday. We're going to look ahead shortly to the game this Sunday, of course, the Glasgow Derby, a chance for Celtic to go 16 points clear at the top of the table. But before then... We'll hear from Neil Lennon, who spoke uh, after Saturday's game, again delighted at the result and, of course, the performance. Neil, congratulations on another fine performance. How would you sum up this afternoon's 90 minutes? Yeah, it's an emphatic performance and um, clean sheet, you know, five goals. I can't ask any more from the players than what they've given me and um, I'm very happy for Lee, you know, look more like his old self. The second and third goals were... 
mean, his first goal is a good goal, but the second and third goals are magnificent, especially the third. That's Lee Griffiths, you know, out of his feet and bang. So, you know, it's great to see my striker scoring and, um, you know, a bit of game time for some other players as well. So yeah. it's been a good day. There's obviously a big game coming up next week, but Christopher Iyer had to come off there. Is, is there any worries there about that injury? Um, he was just feeling his calf a little bit, but I don't think it's anything significant. So rare uh, going into a, a derby game. We were talking earlier on in the Celtic View office. I think it was you, Tony, that pointed out that this is one of the few times out with an international break in the course of the season that Celtic don't have a midweek game. It's not by choice, obviously, because we'd all rather have been playing in the Europa League, but it gives the manager and the players that opportunity to have a couple of days rest and then really work on the training pitch ahead of Sunday's game. I think I was looking over the fixtures since the league season started, and this is, yeah, aside from international games, this is the first time we've had a full week yeah, to, to prepare. It? it is. Um, and I, that's only going to benefit us. I mean, we, we saw what that break done with the winter break and the manager appreciates having that time to work on tactics and, and strategies. OK, it's not as long as that, but just not having that midweek game because, you know, you've got the game and then the following day you've got recovery. So you've got a lot more training time to, to work with and sort of implement plans and think about things. And, and that's what the manager was saying. I, I mean, I think he has a, a clear idea of what he wants to do, but he's got time to maybe try a couple of different things think about it and as well most importantly just to have the players get in really fresh I mean he, he mentioned obviously at the end of the game there Joe that Christopher Iyer had to come off as a precaution but he, he's hopeful then they'll have a full squad I think Mikey Johnson's the only long term injury just now and I'm sure everybody you know wherever they're working in offices um, down the country and beyond will have the same conversations that we'll be having all week is we kind of try and second guess the manager who's going to play how they're going to play and obviously it's something that the manager and John Kennedy and Damien Duff will, will be working on this week and in training but it's just it's always in the run up to a big game we all become like armchair tacticians and why we should have this formation and that formation it's, it's part of the beauty of, of, of being supporters as well yeah and Neil Lennon he's understands this fixture more than anyone doesn't he he'll pick the right side for the um, the occasion the players that know it more than MD and just looking over some of the subs from the weekend there I mean to, for us to be able to field a team which can win 5-0 and still have Ryan Christie starting on the bench as you said earlier Paul 19 goals 16 assists this season so far Jeremy Frimpong the same you think of the impact he he's had since coming in obviously been out from injury recently Johnny Hayes understands the fixture as well of course scored the last time Aye, Brooks, now Hamid coming back into defence on the off chance that maybe Chris Iyer isn't fit for Sunday. That's really warming to see as well. Um, I would love to see two up top again. Lee Griffiths is on really good form and you can't see past Odds and Edward either. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how they line up. Now, um, with two up top, obviously that extra body to hit. But do they go more defensive and try and see out the game until you know they can uh, manipulate some space, get a break? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's never not an exciting game and Sunday will be exactly the same. And obviously this week's Celtic View comes out on Wednesday and Tony, I think it was you who spoke to the manager and in the, in the course of the, the piece that people can read on Wednesday, I mean, you pointed out this phenomenal record that we've got away from home as well domestically that I think Livingston for some reason seemed to be a, a bogey team. We obviously lost there uh, last year, we drew the other night and that was in between times away from home, it's been in perfect form. Yeah, I was looking over it and I knew we'd had brilliant uh, away form. I should know that because I've been <laughs> reporting on all the games, but I've not got the best memory. 
Um, I was just looking over it though, and we hadn't dropped a single point until until Livingston, and we dominated in that second half. We played well, and, and Livingston have made uh, their home ground a, a real fortress. That they played well, the eight games undefeated. I think eight straight wins actually they had um, before we came there. So that. They're, they're a difficult team to face at home that surface and Gary Holt's got them playing well so yeah it's points dropped but it was still like the manager said it was an excellent performance um, so yeah coming into this game when we've, we've got an away form like that it does leave you confident and then when you see the, the players playing well and you see odds on Edwards scoring Lee Griffiths is scoring on form there is plenty to be optimistic about with this fixture but it doesn't really ease the nerves coming into this week yeah, and I think, I mean, just getting a doubling down in that away form, the first game at Ibrook, Celtic were clinical. I don't think 2-0 fairly reflected that game at all, given how dominant Celtic were. Of course, the cup final, I think most of the players and the manager suggested that at times they weren't the better team, still won the cup, no matter what. And of course, the 29th was disappointing all round for Celtic and Celtic supporters. But that game at Ibrox almost gets lost in the middle of things. I don't know if it's because it was the first one and we've had two games in between times. But they were so good at Ibrooks, and I'm sure Neil Lennon and the players will want to do anything they can to repeat that this Sunday. When you talk about the, the mentioned the cup final there, Joe and Moel Yanusi, who'd, who'd played in that game at Hamden, you spoke to him for this week's Celtic View, and he pointed out he'd played that game with a, with a broken toe as well, which would have been a real struggle for him. Um, obviously, ultimately, we end up on, on the winning side, and, and both him and James Forrest are featured in this week's issue. Yeah, and at either end of the spectrum because um, when Mohamed El Yunusi came in, he was only a couple of days in the door and wasn't in New Lennon's matchday squad for the last trip to Ibrooks. He played those 45 minutes at Hamden uh, and then the injury carried through and he didn't play at all in the 29th. So this is his first trip to Ibrooks. He understands the fixture and, and he said, uh, being interested in world football, he understood the magnitude of Celtic Rangers, but he's only really appreciated it up close in person and having now played in the fixture. James Forrest, of course, at the other end, he's played loads and loads of fixtures um, against our city rivals. And he um, was saying that for all he scored twice against Rangers, both of them have been at Celtic Park and he'd love to do so. Ibrox, although he's will be pleased no matter who scores, it'd be great to see that as well. So now, if if I'm not that great in arithmetic, but at the moment, Tony, as far as I can see, Joe's now got his four 0 ahead with a Lee Griffiths hat trick and a James Absolutely Forrest no goal. pressure <laughs> for any of the boys listening. I can't wait for Sunday. I feel a lot more confident now. <laughs> Apart from uh, the interview with Neil Lennon and Moel Yunusi and James Forrest in this week's view, there's also a great historical feature. Uh, Dan MacArthur, who was one of the early Celtic goalkeepers, probably the first of the, the great Celtic goalkeepers in the late 19th and early 20th century. He ended up settling in, in the United States and some of his family were back in Glasgow last weekend and they presented uh, a cap from Dan MacArthur to the club, which is now on display in the club. So it was a, it was a wonderful gesture. There's a feature with them just talking about their, their famous forefather and obviously it's a, it's a memento that you can see if you go on one of the tours at Celtic Park. And also... In terms of history this week, March the 10th, 1965 was the date of the very first Celtic game under uh, Jock Steen, who had just been appointed manager. He'd been announced in January, but he just took over in, in March. It was at Broomfield, the original ground for Airdrie and Celtic won 6-0. John Hughes has the honour of scoring the very first goal of the Jock Steen era. Bertie Old chipped in with another five, including two penalties, so we won 6-0. And there's out of that starting 11, seven of that starting 11 
uh, ended up playing in Lisbon just over two years later. I was going to ask the guys if they could name the seven because I did. I was asking everybody earlier on, but I don't know if, you, if either of you were listening particularly to me. But if you want, I can just tell you. I was listening, so I dare say you should just tell us. I was going to ask them, given the dates there, that couldn't have been long before the Celtic View was founded. No, it was just uh, about five months, uh, five or six months, yeah, because Jockstein famously, it started in, in August 65 in Jockstein when, when it was put to the club and the club had agreed and Jockstein had famously said, we'll make sure there'll be a trophy on the front cover for the first issue. We duly won the Scottish Cup and, and it was there. But the first 11, uh, the starting 11, it was... John Fallon and goals, Ian Young, Tommy Gemmell, John Clark, Billy McNeil, Jim Brogan, Stevie Chalmers, Bobby Murdoch, John Hughes, Bobby Lennox and Bertie Old. So seven of that team would, just over two years later, win the European Cup. So a, a momentous day in Celtic's history. Uh, this Sunday, of course, we will be playing Ibrox, but also the Celtic women's team are back in action. They had a break last weekend. They returned to league action this Sunday. So after you watch Celtic win, we haven't quite got Joe's final prediction that currently stands at four. Um, the Celtic women's team are playing Hearts on Sunday. It's the Orium National Performance Centre in Edinburgh. That's a 2pm kickoff. so good luck to Fran Alonso's team on Sunday. That's their second league fixture, of course. They won their opening fixture, that wonderful last gas victory against Glasgow City. So this is always the point in the podcast where I put you on the spot and get you to, to give us your predictions for this Sunday. Tony, what do you think and how do you think the game's going to go and what do you think the score will be? I think Celtic will really show up for this one. Um, they've got, they'll feel they've got a point to prove even though that, that we are 13 points clear at the, the top. Um, their away form is good and they always rise to the occasion when the pressure's on, which it absolutely will be at Ibrox. So I'm going to go for 2-0 Celtic. Um, I think uh, Edward and Griff both getting on the source sheet. Excellent. And Joe? I would happily take 2-0 um, as per Tony Conley's prediction. I feel like I, I, I've made my bed here, so I'm going to say 4-0, Lee Griffiths hat-trick. And James Forrest to get his uh, all-elusive goal at Ibrox. Um, I don't know. I, at this point, given where we are in the league, a win by any means um, would be preferable. Um, but, yeah, why not? 4-0. Yeah, well, listen, I, I think everybody's confident. And I, I think given Neil Lennon's got a decent record at Ibrox as well, and, and you mentioned earlier on that game, and back at the start of September, how well we played then. I'm kind of expecting something similar this weekend. So I'll go in between, I'll say, I'll say 3-0. So hopefully, we're going to keep a clean sheet. We're halfway towards the victory. Thanks as always, guys, for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. And we're going to leave you with a wee trip down memory lane. September the 1st, 2019. Uh, it was Ibrooks. It was the first Glasgow derby of the season. And it finished very well for Neil Lennon's side. <laughs> goes to close him down, he plays it forward only succeeds in finding Mikey Johnson who drives forward again, Johnson threads it through towards Orson Edward, he's stayed onside, a chance for the Frenchman he's put it into the back of the net and Celtic with 31 minutes on the clock have a goal Orson Edward has scored for the champions fantastic play, you know win the ball back, slack pass on the right to Rangers, Mikey Johnson driving in threads the pass through cool as you like from Edward well, Mikey Johnson, he still had a lot to do. Odson Edwards stayed onside. Well, when he went in the box, you're just thinking this is in the back of the night. He's so cool. He's another big game player and yeah. he's given Celtic a big yeah. game goal. I've seen him bearing down on McGregor and I thought, is he taking it too close to him? But, as I said, cool as you like, underneath McGregor, 1-0 Celtic. First blood goes to the champions, Neil Lennon. Delighted the Celtic players 
Well, they have certainly started this game well. Alan McGregor knocks that one long. Christopher Julian rises for that one. Good powerful header. Chance for Hayes, knocks it on. Still Hayes, here comes Celtic. Chance for Johnny Hayes, the substitute. Can he score? Can he make it 2-0? Johnny Hayes, he scored! Oh. The Irishman has scored and Celtic have all three points! The players, the fans, the substitute celebrate, what a goal, what an intervention, Celtic with all three points. Brilliant play, they've said that from the start of the second half, if we can win the ball quickly, we're a threat on the attack. Brilliant play from Hayes, thought he'd missed the opportunity, comes back to him and he rolls it into the back of the net, brilliant. Well, an inspired substitution. Johnny Hayes will absolutely love that goal. The Celtic fans over in that corner are delirious. Just in case you weren't aware, it's blue seats at Ibrox because we can see quite a lot of them suddenly appearing now as a lot of the home fans have decided it's time to go home. And Celtic will go home with all three points, four consecutive wins and it's no more than deserved. They've had to dig in in the second half side. It's been a fantastic team performance from the first. Kicking the ball, boys have worked their socks off, defended when they needed to. The back four's been questioned, been shuffled about, they've defended everything into the box, and they've picked Rangers off again there. Game over.